0: I would be complex, I would be cool They'd say I played the field before I found someone to commit to and That would be okay for me to do Every conquest I had made would make me more of a boss to you I'd be a fearless leader, I'd be an alpha type When everyone believes yeah. What's that like? In the last 10 years, I have watched as women in this industry are criticized and measured up to each other and picked at for their bodies, their romantic lives, their fashion. Or have you ever heard someone say about a male artist, I really like his songs, but I don't know what it is. There's just something about him I don't like. No.
1: That is the voice of the 5'11 musician joining us here today. She grew up on a Christmas tree farm. Her favorite candy is a Mars bar, and her favorite movie is Love Actually. That is the same movie that is also the favorite of my wife. She was born on December 13th, 1989, and she says whenever she's seated in row 13 or row M, which is the 13th letter of the alphabet, at an award show, she always wins. Speaking of winning, Tay Tay or T-Swift will be giving us seven super tips on today's Super You podcast. It's one small step for man. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We choose to
0: go to the moon, not because
1: they are easy, but because they I are hard. I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six, five, four, three. Two. One. Super. 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 You. Thank you for joining us for today's Super You Podcast. I am your host, Eric Qualman. Most of you know me as Equal Man. This is a show that's designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that's within you. We always try to give you tips and tricks to help you get there, but there is no trick. All you need is the courage to wear the cape. That's right. All of us are superheroes. We just need the courage to wear the cape. To help give us that courage, we're going to get seven super tips from 11-time Grammy Award winner Taylor Swift. She was born in West Reading, Pennsylvania and was named after singer-songwriter James Taylor. And many of you have heard my story about meeting James Taylor on a flight. Great, great guy, an amazing songwriter and musician as well. And she has Scottish and German heritage and she spent her early years on a Christmas tree farm that her father purchased from one of his clients. Now at the age of nine, Swift became interested in musical theater and she started to travel regularly to New York City for vocal and acting lessons, but then Swift later shifted her focus toward country music she was inspired by shania twain the canadian shania twain songs which made her this is in swift's words which made her want to just run around the block four times and daydream about everything but then taylor swift after watching a documentary about faith hill so it's country musician star faith hill famously known for singing the monday night football song But Swift felt sure she needed to move to Nashville, Tennessee to pursue a career in music. She traveled with her mother at the age of 11, that's right, at the age of 11, to visit Nashville record labels. And she submitted demo tapes of Dolly Parton and the Chick's karaoke covers, that's what she sang, and she was rejected because everyone in that town, Nashville, wanted to do What I wanted to do. So what Swift realized was, I kept thinking to myself, I need to figure out a way to be different. So after performing original songs at an RCA Records showcase, Swift, now then 13 years old, was given an artist development deal and began making frequent trips to Nashville with her mother. And the rest, as they say, 11 Grammys later, is history. So here are seven super tips from Taylor Swift. Now, growing up on a Christmas tree farm, uh, that's certainly shaped your experience, and you're taller than most musicians, standing just an inch shy of six feet tall, but you often talk about living on your own terms, that it's good to sometimes be alone. What do you mean by this?
0: There is, there doesn't have to be loneliness in being alone, and you can find romance in your life, even if you aren't involved in a romance. Um, You know, life can be beautiful and spontaneous and surprising and romantic and magical without you having some love affair happening. And you can replace all of those feelings you used to have when you were enamored with someone with being enamored with your friends and enamored with learning new things and challenging yourself and living your life on your own terms. I never understood it when people would say, Oh, you know, in your 20s, you just need to be alone. And I just, I never quite got it because they would never explain to me that it's so important to define yourself on your own terms. You think about it when you're in love, that person's opinion affects your opinions and everything you do goes through this filter of how would they feel about it? Because if you're a caring person and you're in love, then that's what you do. But there's something really wonderful about changing your life if you want to. Cutting your hair short if you want to, moving to New York if you want to, changing directions of your entire creative outlook if you want to, and having it only be on your own terms.
1: Now, I have two daughters that absolutely love your music, but I think my wife is an even bigger fan. We have Taylor Swift playing throughout the house 24-7. Now, do you feel that women are often held to a higher standard or critiqued more around things that aren't their vocation, like my, what they wear, who they're dating? And are there any tips you can share with the audience on how you kind of avoid that noise? We talk about being firm in the destination, but flexible in your path. How do you keep your focus on the open seat versus all the chaos that's around you
0: in the last 10 years i have watched as women in this industry are criticized and measured up to each other and picked at for their bodies their romantic lives their fashion or have you ever heard someone say about a male artist i really like his songs but i don't know what it is there's just something about him i don't like no That criticism is reserved for us. I've learned that the difference between those who can continue to create in that climate usually comes down to this. Who lets that scrutiny break them and who just keeps making art? We have to work this hard. We have to prove that we deserve this. And we have to top our last achievements. Women in music, on stage or behind the scenes, are not allowed to coast. We are held at a higher, sometimes impossible feeling standard. And it seems that my fellow female artists have taken this challenge and they have accepted it. It seems like the pressure that could have crushed us made us into diamonds instead. And what didn't kill us actually did make us stronger.
1: Now, if you're able to pause and look Back, is there anything that you would change? Um, now, you're famously known for not having any tattoos. So, the answer can't be to remove a bad tattoo, which a lot of people, that's what they might regret. Uh, but, do you ever have difficulty, A, living in the present? And, B, is there anything that you would have changed in the past?
0: Yes and no. I think that um, looking back on my career, there have been so many different musical phases and, you know, different things I wanted to wear at different times, and they fit. My life at the time. Um, and, and so I think that you've got to allow yourself that grace to put on a certain lifestyle or a certain outfit or a certain creative, uh, mantra and then discard it when it, when you outgrow it. This is, this was weird though, because this evermore was the first time I didn't discard everything after I made something new. You know, it was weird. I actually had to kind of fight off anxiety that i had in my head like fear that was like you need to change (laughs) like like the demons are here like you need to change you can't you can't stay in the forest i was like i want to stay in the forest
1: while some businesses have certainly thrived during the pandemic others have been hit very very hard especially these live event events type performance, whether it's Broadway, whether it's what I do, give a keynote, at a live conference. Uh, but unlike Broadway and also music, at least I can give a virtual keynote. Musicians were arguably hit the hardest as you have this com- compounding effect of you've got the digital music world, streaming music, that's taking most of the royalties away. And so a majority of musicians make their money on tour. And then all of a sudden, boom, you can't perform live. And heck, for someone like you at a large conference event where like I'm speaking, you'll get paid to perform $3 million for a 90-minute set. So it's a huge change when you think about you can't have these live performances, you can't provide or perform at these corporate events. So how have you been able to navigate the pandemic?
0: Yes, and never more so than with the process of these two albums, honestly. This is one of those things where I have kind of had to just sort of throw out any playbook I had. You know, I... You you just, in times like these when everything is uncertain and everything changes in your world, I guess I just sort of took it as an opportunity to embrace the fact that even if you think you have control in normal times, that's an illusion. If you're making stuff... Put it out. If people need music and you've made music, put it out. You know, there was a time in the beginning of the process where I was like, I will wait till January when things are looking more normal. Then I will put out folklore. And I was like, that's my old brain. That's my old brain thinking that there's any way that I can control this. And, you know, humans do need to have some sort of strategy when they go into putting out, you know, music or doing any business whatsoever. But, as much as that has an ability to fall by the wayside, it did with this because there was no way to make it and feel in control. You can't, you, you've got to just let fate do what it's going to do with something like this. And, and I do talk to Aaron and Jack about this a lot because we do feel sort of like this was a whirlwind. We don't understand it. Our logical brains don't comprehend it. Um, and we know it's, you know, you guys make albums. Of course you put out albums all the time, whatever, but this, this feels different for us. It does it feels like something that will affect our the rest of our lives um and the way that we make art and and not being too precious we we actually really weren't very precious about this we we weren't too picky or or oh it has to be everything has to be perfect it's like no uh nothing's going to be perfect right now music that yeah how does it feel and um i'm so happy that people welcomed it into their lives the way that they did
1: You're famously known as a planner, a list planner. You're very meticulous, but you learned a lot during the quarantine that you'll still have a list, so to speak. Everyone has a list, but you're perhaps a little more relaxed about it. And as you previously mentioned, as we're just talking about, is that you have an understanding that you aren't necessarily in control.
0: I have absolutely no idea what uh, the next decade holds. And I think that's kind of something I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep that like it is because. I was always such a planner and such a such a list maker and lists of dreams and goals and things I wanted to do and um, I think my new list will be like places I want to see in the world, adventures I want to have, experiences I want to have, things I want to learn. Um, I think that'll be what the list looks like because you know there's always going to be a list. It's me, you know, but it'll be lists of. Uh, in in quarantine, my list uh, was I decided to start trying to cook everything that I had always loved to eat but never been able to cook. So there's always a list.
1: Now we just had South by Southwest, not only Interactive Festival, but also obviously the music festival. And I think every other word out of everyone's mouth was NFT, non-fungible tokens. And they're big, really big in the art world right now. For the young artists out there, what's your advice around any form of ownership, whether it's NFT or just any form of ownership when it comes to your personal art?
0: Well, it's not just from a business perspective. It's, it's, it's from, it's like your heart belongs in that art that you made, you know? And the, and the person who bought my art, he's never made any art in his life. So he doesn't know what it's like that he could never understand that personal connection when you make something. Um, and then someone buys it out from under you. That's just. I don't think that a lot of people understand that that's how our business works. They, th- Yeah, they think we own what we make. Um, so I think it's interesting to get that out there in case th- there's so many people who want to be musicians and they need to learn these things because I didn't know these things when I was a teenager. And if if I can say something loudly that somehow absorbs in people's consciousness that they need to really stand up for themselves and they need to fight for their right to own their work, it's not going to be given to them. People are going to try to take it from them their whole career, so they need to, they need to know what's theirs.
1: With any type of success comes burdens with that, whether that's paparazzi or more and more social media that people are trying to take you down and make you feel bad about yourself. And it's a big problem, whether it's cancel culture, it's a big problem with teenage girls. There's a direct correlation between the launch of Instagram and then a spike in teenage suicides. You even address this in some of your songs with lyrics like saying saying it in a tweet is a cop out or shade never made anyone less gay. Have you gotten better at ignoring the quote-unquote haters, and how have you done this?
0: I think after a while, you just realize that it's part of the job. You know, there's a lot of things that I tell myself when I'm kind of panicking, and one of the things that I tell myself is like, this is part of it. This is normal. And that's something that I tell a lot of new artists and a lot of people who I end up talking to who are like, hey... So you've been through a lot. I'm freaking out. I'm getting my first wave of bad press. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, do not let anything stop you from making art. Just make things. Do not get so caught up in this that it stops you from making art. Or if you need to, make art about this. But never stop making things. This has happened several times. So I can't, like, you know, when I was, like, 23 and people were just, like, kind of reducing me to, like, kind of making slideshows of like my dating life and putting people in there that I'd sat next to at a party once and deciding that my songwriting was like a trick rather than a skill and a craft kind of it's, it's, it's a way to take a woman who's doing her job and succeeding at doing her job and making things. And it's, it's in a way it's, it's figuring out how to completely minimize that skill by taking something that everyone, you know, in their darkest, darkest moments loves to do, which is to slut shame. And so now when I see this happening, I can see a headline about a young artist, about a young female artist, about like another breakup. And it makes, it spend, it sends me into a real sad place because I don't want that to keep happening. And I don't think people understand how easy it is to infer that someone who's a female artist or a female in our industry is somehow doing something wrong by Wanting love, wanting money, wanting success. Women are not allowed to want those things the way that men are allowed to want them. You know, every step of my career, there's been you know people questioning whether I deserve to be there. So I feel like my whole career up until very recently was spent trying to prove myself to those people. I'm trying to, to prove that I that I belong here. That I'm going to work hard enough. That I'm going to. I'm gonna make music that's good enough to to belong here, and you know I've had people st- standing up and saying you don't you don't deserve to be here, either very loudly or you know comments or whatever. But you know that's part of life.
1: That is indeed part of life, and I hope you're living your best life. We hope the podcast is helping you do that. Again, it's all about having that courage to wear the cape. We are all superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. My hope is that these seven super tips from Taylor Swift help you out today and also five weeks from now and five years down the road. But thank you so much for listening. We can't do it without you. Can't believe we're over 100 podcasts. Just amazing to look back and think about that. And it's not possible without the great, great efforts that we have here from the team we got Jake Brynn, Maritza Gutierrez, and of course, the legendary Kelsey Gomez. So until next time, this is your host, Eric Quammen. Most of you know me as Equal Man. Mind all of us, it's not what we take from the world, it's what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Super, 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 super Super you.